I was right to be skeptical this morning when uh, Ukraine said that this plane that took the lives of 63 Canadians and many others, uh, it was a mechanical failure. There's no way they could have known that that surely that early in the day. Now they've retracted that statement and they're waiting for more details. So the question will be asked, is it linked somehow to what's going on right now between Iraq or sorry, between Iran and the United States? Although it's happening in Iraq where those missiles landed last night. No doubt you've seen the video of the missiles being launched by Iran and uh, heard the explosions as they landed. So far, we're not hearing any word of casualties. It appears there aren't any. And I, I think that was probably somewhat by design. But what do I know compared to uh, Phil Gursky of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting? Good morning, Phil. How you doing? Good morning, Bill. How are you? Belated Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. Let's start with this uh, plane crash. Plane coming out of Iran crashes shortly after the missiles are launched. Should we be trying to connect those at the moment or keeping an open mind at least? Well, one hell of a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, um, it sure is. I, I, I got to tell you, when I get woke up at Old Dark Hunter this morning to start my interview schedule today, I was quite taken aback when I read the story on 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 social media or on, on the media on, online. But what had happened? I don't know what to make of it, Bill. It, it just seems like one hell of a coincidence. I I, I can't go where I'm linking it right now, because my first question would be, in whose interest would it be to take down a Ukrainian airliner carrying civilians? So, Including Iranians. Going, yeah, I'm not going there, Bill. I'm not going there at this point. Uh, I'm going to assume it was a tragic accident, as you said, allegations of mechanical failure. Although I do note that some of the reports online, what I read, and again, it's early days, and as an old intel guy, I, I believe in corroboration, so I'm going to be careful here. Uh, no contact between the pilot and the tower and the plane was on fire before it hit the ground. So what does that mean? I'm not an airline guy, Bill. Um, I don't know, but let's let's just uh, keep our powder dry for a bit until we learn learn more information as to what actually happened at that aircraft. Let's talk about what there were about issues where there is no doubt. Iran launched a missile strike against U.S. Air Force bases in Iraq yesterday. They took credit for it. They showed video. They're bragging about it. Uh, do you think it's by design that there are no casualties? I do. I think the Iranians realize that if they were to take out a significant number of U.S. Armed, Army personnel so shortly after the assassination of Soleimani that they were basically playing with fire, maybe the Iranians, as much as there's a lot of bravado on their part, by the way, Bill, they did claim 80 casualties. Um, the Iranians did. There's no indication that anyone died. But and then again, let's, let's wait and see. They realize they can't do this to the Americans. So I think it was... We'll do something, uh, we'll fire the missiles, we'll claim it's retaliation, and then I, what I'm hoping what happens at the end of all this, and I guess President Trump has yet to speak. I was surprised he didn't tweet something stupid last night, by the way. But um, I'm just hoping both sides say, okay, you know what, been there, done that, let's move on. This does not need to escalate because escalation can only end badly somewhere, sometime for someone. So let's hope that uh, saner heads prevail on this one. So you're saying the Iranians were trying to walk a very fine line, and that is uh, be able to say to people at home who are furious and demanding some kind of revenge for the death of their beloved general. Uh, they wanted to show the domestic audience that they're tough, that they struck back, that they're not afraid. We've got our revenge, but at the same time, not further anger Donald Trump. I, I think so. I think there's a calculation they're making. Now, let, look, at, let's not rule out the possibility that somewhere down the line, a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, you won't see a larger attack planned against another American facility, probably military, elsewhere in the world. But for the time being, I think the government had to be seen to do something decisive. As you said, there were massive funeral processions for Soleimani. 
whether or not he was loved or not is, a, is, a, is another issue. But, yeah, the government could not be seen to have done nothing. So I think they took the action they thought was uh, judicious, proportionate, and, and tells the world, yep, we're here. We're not going to allow people to kill our people. We're going we're gonna to take action. And it was proportionate to, to what happened to Soleimani, at least in the sense that no casualties, but you know, they can say, yeah, we, we've done something and uh, we've, we've protected our reputation and, and we won't have people mess with us anymore. Well, I hope you uh, detected just a touch of sarcasm when I said beloved. Certainly, you know, there were images of that, right? People took to the streets, a lot of people at the funeral. But, you, you know, you just wonder what the truth is and, and, and how, how indicative that was of how people in Iran in general feel about this general or the regime uh, in general as well. I, so I, I, those are, th- yeah, those are I, tougher I questions. I think you're right, Bill. And, you know, we know that there have been massive demonstrations against the regime lately because of largely for economic reasons, because of the sanctions that really hurting the average Iranian. But the bottom line is, is that when a foreign power takes out one of yours, uh, you kind of rally around the flag, don't you? Whether or not you're Well, which is why I might, if I were the president of the United States and anything is possible, given who's in there now, um, I might have sat back and let those protests take hold instead of turning people against me when they were mad at their government. But I'm not sure what Donald Trump was thinking when he launched that strike. But here we are, and now we're waiting to see what he does, if anything, today. I'm asking a lot of you, Phil Gursky, now to try to try to guess what he might do, because he's a very unpredictable guy. Mm-hmm. But if he's humiliated by this in any way, uh, he'll strike back whether or not there were casualties. So yeah, that, what will he fear. do, do you think? That's my fear. Well, my hope, and I really have my fingers crossed here, Bill, is that the adults in the room take over, i.e. Um, real military people who have real military experience, and that some of his more, um, let's say, sane advisors say, look, sir, you know, we really can't do this. But, yeah, you're right. He's a very unpredictable character. He can decide to do something. He, he has people who will support him, regardless of how insane the idea is. I'm just hoping that, the, the, you know, the... The, there's a, a larger number of people who, who realize that this is not a good road to go down. This can't end well for anybody. And at the end of the day, that nothing you know untoward happens. But it, it is unpredictable. You know, Bill, if, if I could predict what Donald Trump's going to say or tweet, um, I'd be a very wealthy man right now. <laughs> and, but you know what? Any president under these circumstances would have to take a long, hard look at the next move. Because doing nothing may not be a good idea either. You don't want to send a signal that you can fire a dozen or more missiles at U.S. Air, uh, US forces, even if you don't kill anyone. You can't do that and get away with it. So there, there's a temptation, I think, for anyone to strike back. I think there is, but I guess it depends on what you mean by strike back. I mean, the Americans would actually be in a much better position to simply, you know, tighten the rope on sanctions right now because it's the sanctions that are going to bring the regime down uh, to its knees. It's not any kind of uh, strikes. If you if you care about more strikes, you simply say you rally the troops, right? Um, nobody wants their own people to be killed, and I think that if the Americans go down that pathway, they're going to they're going to eat away at the support that they already have amongst the average Iranians to change this regime. So you got to kind of have a like play the long game here, as opposed to a tit for tat. You know, you hit me, I'll hit you, and that's why I'm hoping that there are people in the U.S. government, and I used to work with some of the very very bright people, who will advise this is a better strategy, sir, rather than you know you know uh, launching an attack in the, in the immediate aftermath. But then again. Um, I don't know who, who are the adults in the room, and and you're right. Does he play to his base? When, and and is it, if his base is being for blood, does he give into it? So here's the question: They're not asking in uh, London this morning, or in New York, or Washington. 
but I'll ask you anyway, since we're in Canada, what, if anything, should Canada do today? Well, yeah, the government's been really cagey, hasn't it, on this one? I've heard a lot of reports about, you know, what if what if the U.S. invokes Article 5 of NATO, meaning, you know, an attack on one's an attack on everybody. That puts us in a very, very uncomfortable position. I'm not sure what the rules are, whether or not we have to abide by Article 5. I'll just point out to your listeners that wouldn't it be ironic that a president who makes fun of NATO and ridicules it all of a sudden says to NATO, oh, by the way, you're on my side, you have to defend me? Hmm. That puts us in a very, very, very uncomfortable position. So I, wouldn't I think we'd probably argue that, yes, uh, if you need to defend yourself, but you started this. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to be in the Trudeau cabinet uh, today, Bill, if that question ever comes up. So I don't know what they're going to decide. There may be an obligation to have to do it, but I mean, let's just you know, just hope that, that, that Trump doesn't go down that road. As, as what Canada should do, I think we should just we should condemn the violence on both sides. We should condemn the initial attack because it does not seem it does not appear. And I have to be careful here. There could be intelligence that did point to an immediate attack. You know, having worked in Intel as long as I did, like I have to acknowledge that possibility. You or I may never find that out. But from what I'm reading online, there was no such intelligence that pointed to an, a clear and present danger. So I think Canada's wise to kind of just take the middle road right now, um, because there's there's no benefit to us to to go on uh, either on the side of the Iranians or the side of the Americans on this one. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. No problem. Bill. Have a good one. Bill Gursky of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting, former CSIS guy, or CSIS guy.